The war makes the Ukrainian universities much more international than they used to be. Many students and professors are on the front line, but many went from the war abroad. Universities seek international partnership and demand for expertise from and on Ukraine increased. Are we facing a brain drain or is this a start for a true internationalization of the Ukrainian universities? You're listening to the podcast Explaining Ukraine. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko, a Ukrainian philosopher and journalist, chief editor of ukraineworld.org. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. This conversation is hosted by Tetyana Harkova, Ukrainian scholar and journalist, head of the International Department at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Tetyana's guest is Olena Orzhel, chief scientific officer at the Institute of Higher Education of Ukraine's National Academy of Educational Sciences. This episode is recorded as part of a project of the Education Analytics Think Tank implemented with support of Konrad Adenauer Foundation. Opinions expressed in this episode are solely the authors and do not necessarily reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Foundation. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We devote majority of your donations to help Ukrainian defenders and people affected by this war. patreon.com slash ukraineworld. Hello, Olena. Thank you very much for joining our podcast. We'll be talking today about higher education in Ukraine and, and in which way uh, it's opening to international programs now and what's changing exactly uh, after the war started, after the full-scale invasion of Russian Federation here started. So you are professional in the field and you can compare what was going in this field before the war. Would you please explain to us, to, to our audience, what have changed after, after the war started? Well, of course, the situation has changed radically. Uh, before this um, active uh, hostilities uh, phase, the, before this uh, Russian Federation aggression, we have had 18 displaced universities in Ukraine. Now we have 25 displaced universities. But I would say that uh, um, educational process in all universities has been dis disrupted by war. We don't know exact numbers, but quite a number of teachers, uh, university teachers and students have fled in the first months of uh, this uh, wild aggression, and quite a number are still staying abroad. Uh, many teachers are working uh, from abroad and are connected with their university. Uh, but as to the students, we know that students are seeking opportunities uh, in European universities and nobody can forbid them do this. Uh, as well as the teachers, they are looking for research grants, they are invited to take part in the projects. So at this moment, though the educational process has started in our universities, and uh, judging from uh, my own experience, and we are currently involved in implementation of projects uh, with uh, displaced universities, uh, the educational process is on the way, teachers are working. Uh, but, uh, of course, it is rather difficult 
very difficult for them to operate under such circumstances are in this state of uncertainty. I would say this is the major problem. How long it will last, what will happen after the war, and uh, but but still they are committed and they they are working. They do whatever they they can, and the same can be applied to to students because students are also some of them are abroad, uh, specifically female students, right? Because male students mm-hmm. have some mm-hmm. some problems to to quit the country to flee the country, but they still are searching in programs. Would you maybe explain what kind of countries and what kind of programs are helping Ukrainian? both uh, academic staff, uh, teachers and students to cope with this uh, problem linked to the war? Uh, To the best of my knowledge, uh, uh, the support to Ukrainian teachers and students, to all Ukrainian citizens, but uh, we're talking about universities, uh, the support was really enormous. Uh, So many universities... uh, Uh, have agreed to accept them uh, as refugees. And at the initial stage, it was just giving them shelter. I know the program, for instance, in um, uh, UK, United Kingdom universities, when teachers who went uh, abroad to teach or on vacation uh, provided their apartments and houses to to uh, teachers, allowing them to stay and... Um, uh, to look for opportunities. This was at the initial stage. Uh, But later, uh, universities, European universities, they have launched research projects or they have included our students and teachers into existing research projects so that people would not remain idle and thinking about Uh, what 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 is uh, uh, what is waiting for them? Yes, what will happen to them in the next couple of months? But they are included into this work that they are engaged. Uh, for instance, uh, some European universities they have launched uh, summer schools or spring schools involving universities, and here. Uh, Erasmus Plus program and uh, Horizon Europe program, they are very helpful because they have found the possibility to allocate more uh, fellowships for, uh, if we're talking about research, more fellowships for Ukrainian uh, researchers. And uh, for Erasmus, uh, within Erasmus Plus program, they have found more opportunities to provide uh, scholarships for academic mobility. Uh, in fact, uh, the majority of students who have found themselves abroad as refugees Uh, if they wanted, of course, they were then, uh, they became mobility students, like they became part of exchange programs. And this was, of course, the effort of universities themselves, their willingness, their desire to help and uh, all this organizational work, yes, to, to make a refugee into a mobility student involved in the academic program. Yes, exactly. So it's a different status and different opportunities. Could, you, could we speak about a kind of an opening, international opening for Ukrainian universities, both staff and students, uh, due, which are linked to these tragic uh, events, to the war, but in a way we have much more students and staff traveling abroad today. They are studying languages, they are living abroad, they are having this very important, precious experience in a way abroad. They can compare um, educational systems both in Ukraine and in a foreign country. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's a good moment, good moment for many 
people, many students, female students, once again, uh, who were able to quit. But at the same time, there is also a problem, right? There is a problem about how all these people will come back and will they come? I agree. This is absolutely a problem. And uh, I would say, in my understanding, the majority of Ukrainians are um, would like people who have uh, left Ukraine in the first months of the war to come back and to contribute to our recovery, restoration and renovation of our country. And of course, students are like the major resource, uh, uh, the major human capital that should contribute uh, to the recovery and renovation on the one hand. Uh, on the other hand, um, we should also look at these students and teachers as the ambassadors of Ukraine, uh, demonstrating um, bravery, courage, uh, but also competences, uh, different skills that make them equal uh, members of the European Union. Uh, we are willing, we're looking for membership, we're seeking membership and going to become members of the European Union. And these people, let's look at them as ambassadors uh, who would persuade Europeans that we are on equal footing with them and that we can be as valuable uh, partners and citizens of the European Union as the rest of the members of the European Union. Um, and another possibility, uh, we're talking today a lot about digitalization. Uh, the whole world, the global world, is getting globalized. And if we globalize properly as a country, as a state, uh, then we may expect to involve them, to re regain, to return to retain, to regain our students and university teachers through digitalization. And then for young younger generations, it will not make any difference whether uh, he or she is working from home in Ukraine or whether he or she is working from home from a European state. Uh, the main thing is what is the contribution, what is the value of the work that a person is doing? Yeah, exactly. I really like your idea about these ambassadors. Our students and our university staff being ambassadors of Ukraine somewhere abroad. And yes, indeed, there is no no problem to stay in the UK or whatever, in France or Germany and to teach in the Ukrainian mm -hmm. university, what many people are really doing. But at the same time, uh, if you take into consideration this economical aspect, so we understand that Ukraine will need people back, um, displaced people who left the country, so it's also important in a way to get uh, all these people back. And what do you think, what do you know, up to your knowledge, what, what Ukrainian universities are trying to do to keep uh, to keep all these people, students which are abroad on in their programs? Mm -hmm. Is anything is done about that? Um, I would say the universities are doing a lot, uh, at least they intend to do a lot. I would say um, in March already, uh, there is such a, it is not, it is a private, um, it is a private UK company called Comrec Consultant. And they launched the so-called twinning project with Ukrainian universities. So uh, the goal of the organization was to uh, bring together a UK university with a European uh, with the Ukrainian university and uh, in the by March there were like 100 partnerships twinning partnerships established 
it does not mean that all these partnerships will be successful. Uh, for, for instance, uh, partnerships have been established between Sumer State University and Sumer Agrarian University, but then uh, the situation in Sumer um, region has aggravated to such a degree that the university was displaced, and at this moment we really don't know when they will come back. But the idea is that those who are willing, the universities who are willing to develop, to uh, internationalize, to have international partners, they have this opportunity. Uh, working with a UK partner and then Combra consultant, uh, they started going broader and they decided to bring together Canadian and Ukrainian universities, assisting maybe with the US universities. So this work continues. Uh, and uh, maybe it will not be as fast as we would like to be because we know we are still in the state of uncertainty. Uh, for instance, we uh, implementing the project with two displaced universities. One is Mariupol State University, and it found its premises in Kiev. But um, East Ukrainian Volodymyr Dal University, it has three locations all over Ukraine. So they are still in the process of reorganization. But at the same time, uh, they actively participate in the training seminars with United Kingdom with partners from the United Kingdom, they, we have had the seminar, sem, a series. It's a series of four seminars on internationalization, on teaching excellence, on community development, and our next seminar would be on university governance and leadership. So there is this um, willingness to change, uh, to adapt to new conditions, uh, to um, excel, let's say. Uh, and um, yeah, I hope this this will implement sooner or later. Uh, the, it will be realized sooner or later as this excellence, university excellence, uh, and universities will become attractive for students. Of course, this is rather ideal picture on the one hand, but on the other hand, we understand that some work should be done at this moment, uh, so that when the war ends and students. Some, maybe not to them, but some will be back. They will have this resource and uh, this, uh, let's say, center uh, from which they can p participate in renovation, in community development, in providing services to uh, educational services on the one hand, but also services to business, to community. Uh, because I strongly believe that after the war, each university should enhance its social responsibility and become the driver for innovations and community development in the area where the universities are located. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So absolutely right, and I would absolutely agree with you. At the same time, the problem we are facing now is also linked to, to, to the fact that a lot of professors, uh, academic staff, they are leaving country, and what could be done to keep these people here? Oh, it's difficult to talk about that because it's 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 impossible to to keep people here during the war, but after the war, how to do in a way that uh, most of academic staff will be back here in Ukraine? Uh, let's think one one solution is uh, European projects, research projects and uh, educational projects, Erasmus Plus plus Horizon. I would also say 
uh, investment projects. Because if we are talking about renovation, modernization of the country, uh, definitely something what we will be building after the war would be very, very close to what is called knowledge economy. And for knowledge economy, we need knowledge workers. And knowledge workers are professors uh, and students and researchers. So if we as a, as a state um, are capable to organize work, this restoration process, work properly, uh, then if we learn to work with knowledge workers, uh, not just with business, uh, but knowledge workers, if we show the possibilities for researchers, for highly skilled academia, how they can benefit through uh, con their contribution to restoration, I think it, there is light at the end of the corridor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but let's hope that it will be possible because this will be possible only if the war is over and whether all the security uh, conditions are in, united are here because otherwise it's extremely difficult uh, to get back. Um, Ukraine had quite a big number of international students before the war started, right? But we, it's quite clear now that there's almost no international students here in Ukraine. And uh, do you have an idea about the exact number of people, of students from foreign countries being here? And what were our benefits? I mean, Ukraine's benefits. And what are the conditions, apart from security conditions, which are necessary to get all the students back? Uh, I cannot speak of numbers, unfortunately. Uh, but what I know, again, uh, in uh, Tereshevchenko National University in February and in March, uh, teachers have had classes with international students. And these classes were, of course, digital, uh, digital online, online classes. Uh, but nevertheless, the students were interested in uh, education. Nobody said, no, we quit. Uh, I'm not interested in your course because there is the war around. Uh, so the quality of the course is still important. So if we as a university capable to provide um, a high quality course, a, a high quality education, uh, then there will be interest. Uh, this is one part of the story. Another part of the story, of course, when it is war, it, we cannot expect that there will students will come and say, enroll in our programs. But um, let's look at Ukraine after the war as a laboratory for different types of uh, uh, researchers. How we can restore communities, how we can get all this rubbish, uh, ruined armaments and ruined buildings from our territories, how we can use uh, robots for demining of our territories, what new types of uh, military equipment we need to develop because we still have this neighbor on our borders. So if we look at Ukraine, well, I'm sorry to, to speak of my country in these terms, but uh, maybe it is necessary uh, to, to do this at some moment to realize that we are uh, we have very, very long border with the Russian Federation and we have to live with this and we have to to learn to, uh, um, not to oppress, but to, to fight this. 
so let's let's decide that this is the ground where so many things can be tested. And in this case, I think we can not only um, stimulate, encourage Ukrainian uh, scholars come back, but also encourage other international researchers come here and test their ideas and participate in different uh, innovative projects, technological, social projects. Uh, in my understanding, we will have enormous problems with the society because we are all under stress. We will all uh, we are all expected to have this uh, PTSD syn syndrome. Uh, this disorders, post-traumatic disorders. Uh, this is also a ground for a laboratory for medical scholars, for psychologists, for sociologists. Uh, of course, for this to implement, we need the correct approaches. We need maybe some national program. We have the National Research Fund that can be used to fund and to encourage such kind of research, uh, mobilizing scholars, Ukrainian and international, to work for the recovery, economic, technological, uh, social, humanitarian, and so on. Yeah, and I would also add here uh, humanities, because, yeah, mm -hmm. I imagine a, a quite a big number of uh, researchers in human studies coming here just to understand how all, all mm -hmm. was functioning here and why, and let's say, history of culture, Ukrainian culture, and yes. Ukrainian language, mm -hmm. why not? So Ukrainian language is now, yeah, we see this uh, boost, a real boost for Ukrainian language as compared to, to Russian language. So we can imagine really this image of laboratory. Um, uh, Ukraine is a laboratory for many international research, not only Ukrainian after the war, but what we really need now, this end of the war and all the security mm -hmm. conditions mm -hmm. to become true for people to be able to, to participate in any kind of program. So we are, so this is, um, I do like your optimistic view on what, what was going on, because despite this tragedy of war, what we see, there are opportunities now for, for, for Ukrainian students and staff to be abroad, to see what's going there, to learn to study languages and uh, different approaches, different uh, methodologies, but at the same time, uh, future opportunities for Ukrainian universities here in Ukraine after the war. But still we are in between, right? We are, we are not... Uh, the end of the war is quite, it's not here, at least not here now. So we are to face a kind of a difficult uh, reality right now. Uh, this is not already here. What would be your, maybe your final, your final remarks about the, about the challenges we are facing and the possible ways out for, for this, for Ukrainian higher education? In the Institute of Higher Education where I work, um, I am the team leader for the research project called um, Uni University Social Responsibility. And uh, in my understanding, uh, universities at this moment uh, should understand their social responsibility. Understand that universities are not only for training professionals, they are also for serving societies. And this is, in fact, the position of UNESCO. This is, at uh, this moment, the position of the European higher education area. 
uh, that uh, universities are here to serve societies. And uh, each university and each teacher, each scholar should start thinking how my university is serving society. And if we start thinking this way, uh, maybe we will slightly move back from uh, intention of universities to be on the international rankings, Times, Shanghai, uh, but rather look around and see what they can do for the community, uh, for uh, the neighborhood, and for the, for the industry, and for the state. And this will um, transform universities at some point uh, from uh, higher, ed higher education institutions into, let's say, open knowledge institutions. Uh, institutions where knowledge is accumulated, and, and this is the um, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, their concept that universities should become uh, open knowledge institutions, where knowledge is accumulated, where knowledge is from where knowledge is disseminated, and universities are like um, the conductors and the um, uh, conductor who orchestrates different players, different actors who come to university for knowledge, for consultation, and it can be a worker coming for uh, professional development, or it can be a company who will come for advice, or it can be a government who will come and ask for a consultation how to reorganize and, and so on and so on. So in my understanding, uh, if we want to survive as, as the higher education sector and as the state, uh, we should see universities as the drivers of our social economic development. And in this being the driver of social economic development, universities will develop themselves, will generate more knowledge, will earn money because they will be participants of uh, money is f funding in higher education is a very very acute program a problem at the moment and there is a lot of talk that we need less universities uh, that there will be optimization meaning uh, that some universities will be closed and others will will remain uh, but if we really try to transform universities into drivers of social economic development, then universities will develop together with social economic development and they will earn money and they will generate knowledge and they will exchange ideas with their potential partners and this will be another impetus. We need more knowledge, we need more development. Where are we going? in which way we're going to develop. Yeah. Very idealistic, I understand. There is a long way to go, uh, but it is a solution in my understanding. Yeah, exactly. So it, it could seem to be idealistic, but yeah, because in the conditions where, yes, indeed, uh, state has... Uh, 
quite a big number of problems to pay universities. So this is a military economy, let's admit that. So the war is here, and a lot of universities are, are, are bombed, are shelled, like we've been to Kharkiv, for example. So it's, it's, it's a real disaster. So it's, a, it's about money, it's about investment, it's about security, first of all, because people would never would never unfortunately accept to be in a place which is not secure i mean i mean in the long term so people uh, ukrainians are here so we we try to uh, resist we do resist but yeah in the long run if the war imagine i would not like to think about that but if the war lasts for 10 years there will be nobody here so let's hope it will not the scenario not the likely scenario and i i i would uh, i would like to agree with you stating that yes indeed ukraine will be become a wonderful place for higher high education after the war because there will be multiple opportunities for people all around the world to come here and to study both uh, human sciences, sociology, technology, technology, and many other subjects, and will be a kind of a center, maybe in a way, for for what was what will be uh, what will be happening here and in the region and political studies as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because we what mm-hmm. we see, we see Europe changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. we see all these uh, security models and all these geopolitical issues, which are. Mm, changing today yeah, because of this uh, tragic events, because of this aggression of Russian Federation against Ukraine. So um, let's hope for the best and let's hope that uh, this uh, will be a story with a happy end, right, for Ukrainian higher education system. Thank you very much, Olena, for this extremely interesting conversation. My pleasure. Thank you. This was a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org. This episode was hosted by Tetyana Harkova, Ukrainian scholar and journalist who is heading international department at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Her guest was Olena Orzhel, chief scientific officer at the Institute of Higher Education of Ukraine's National Academy of the Educational Sciences. This episode has been recorded as part of the project of the Education Analytics Think Tank implemented with support of Konrad Adenauer Foundation. Opinions expressed in this episode belong to authors and do not necessarily reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Foundation. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs, you can support us on patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We devote majority of your donations to help Ukrainian defenders and people affected by this war. Patreon.com slash ukraineworld. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine.